Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. Coming up in just a moment, you're going to hear from some small business owners in Perm, Minnesota that have reopened their small business against the governor's executive orders, Governor Tim Walls. It is a fantastic and fascinating conversation, so be sure and stay with us for that. We start tonight with this. Over just the last 24 hours, I've had three people reach out to me and talk about some of the end-of-life issues that people have to deal with with the people that they love. You know, we're really struggling right now due to this COVID situation because many people aren't able to go into hospitals and actually see the ones that they love and care about, even though some of these people are, you know, facing their final days. You and I both know families are the foundation of our nation, so we need to find a way that we can actually have our loved ones be surrounded by family, be surrounded by the people that they love in these last days so that the ones that are leaving us now can have the absolute best quality of life possible for themselves and their family in these final days. Get a chance to say goodbyes. And I think really important as well for a lot of people is just to be able to have some closure if that does happen. So tonight we're going to share with you a couple of heartbreaking stories that are happening right now. And then we're going to ask for your help to make sure that your voice is heard so that we can make some changes here to make sure that we can be with the ones that we love in those potentially final days. Here's one example of a story. I got this Facebook message earlier today from someone. They said, my 99-year-old father was an Iwo Jima survivor, first lieutenant in the Marine Corps, was put in a COVID unit and was not tested. And then later, uh, he was. The test came back negative. The first hospital lost his test. He ended up dying in palliative care, and we were not able to see him till his last moments because that was hospital policy. We were there for a week in the hospital parking lot trying to find legal help now. So much crazy stuff went on. Hotels shut down, going bankrupt, and yet some of the bars were full on Lake Street. Then she goes on to say, my advice is do not bring an elderly person to the emergency room right now. My sister was his caretaker and knew his issues. Hospital scrubbed his records. We could not get access to them until after he Past. We're working to get them on the show next week to share more of their story. I did reach out to Senator Kevin Kramer earlier today. Say, hey, can you help out in any way, shape, or form with what is going on right now in our hospitals and long-term care facilities? Here's the statement that he sent me just a little bit ago. He says, hey, I raised the issue with Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services Administrator Seema Verma today, encouraging her to look for safe ways to loosen the guidance. I stress the need for recognizing state, local, and individual circumstances. He goes on to say it was an encouraging discussion. Uh, then earlier today, one of you as well sent me a video of a family out of Oaks, North Dakota that has not been able to see their dad in a hospital in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Very, very tough story. We're gonna have the person that orates this story join us here in just a moment, but I wanna share with you just a quick clip to give you some context of what's taking place. My name is Chad Heinbuck from Southeast North Dakota. I'm doing this video to bring awareness to how inhumane it is that hospitals are currently not allowing visitors. Patients need someone present for support and to be an advocate for them. This has become relevant in my life as my father is currently a patient at Select Specialty Hospital in Sioux Falls. Once the date of the surgery became near, the cases of coronavirus began increasing. As we all know, this causes CDC to put, all recommend, to put out recommendations to hospitals to limit visitors. At that point, nearly all hospitals took upon themselves to close the doors to all visitors. And the person that orated that story, Chad Heimbach, joins us now on the 702 Communications Line. Chad, thanks so much for joining us. Um, our heart breaks, obviously, for you 
and your family. You and I spoke earlier today, so if you would, yeah. share a little bit more of your dad's story, but you also have some good news to share with our audience. We today. do, we do. Um, but uh, yeah, like we had talked about earlier, our main goal was to to get in and see him. He's been unresponsible, un unresponsible. <laughs> he says that about me. Uh, <laughs> he's been unresponsive for, for quite a while now. And uh, we did, uh, like it said in the video, we did have an earlier visit with him. Uh, it'd be two weeks ago now. And uh, we saw how much that livened him up. And, and right now, I mean, every day that goes by, I mean, it makes us more and more and more nervous that he's not going to come home. So um, we, thought that this was our last resort we uh we exercised other other avenues uh um we retained a lawyer that didn't go anywhere um and so last night uh, on the way home from work and called up my brother and said hey let's let's make a youtube video so um a few bush lights and uh two o'clock in the morning and we got it done and got it published and and uh i guess this is where we wanted to be i i didn't know if we'd get there but uh things escalated pretty quickly today and and uh i guess you know for our family's sake uh we were able to get what we wanted but i i mean i don't think this stops here and you know there's tons of other people still affected by this yeah so share with us what happened i mean you put this video out. by the way you might get some voiceover work now because of that video so just so you know but well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you put this video out Obviously, people were sending it to me. People sent it to our newsroom. Um, things started to, to go. And then earlier today, I'm assuming because of this video, because we've been reaching out to the hospital, you got a phone call from them. What happened in that conversation? Yeah. What's the news? Um, so about 4 o'clock today, my sister called Shelby, um, my little sister Shelby. She had said that she had talked to uh, administration at the hospital. And uh, starting next week, they're allowing us to to go in um so to be two hour sessions two days a week and it doesn't have to be the same person so we can take turns uh you know i could go in for two hours my sister could go in for two hours the next day and, and i guess at this point we're satisfied with that and uh and uh just as long as this continues as promised uh we are we're more than happy with that yeah, I mean, it's a lot better, obviously, than where you where you were. I think what's what's interesting, and I'm hoping this gives some hope to our audience with other people that are dealing with the situation as well, Chad, is the fact that, you know, we spoke earlier today, just so our audience knows, we pre-recorded the interview, and then after that, we got the good news that now these doors are going to be open for a couple days a week, couple hours. Yep, but what's yep. fascinating, Chad, is that when we spoke, I, I mentioned to you, hey, according to kind of the state ordinances, if you will, there was going to be no exceptions to allowing people to see them. So... Correct. Did your sister tell you sort of what helped move the needle and what said the hospital go, okay, we, we need to figure this out? I think uh, the amount of feedback that they were getting, um, it sounded like there was a lot of phone calls into the hospital on our behalf, on other people's behalf. And, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, this just started to get a, you know, get a mind of its own and uh, it was getting out of control and and they, uh, they offered to help us out, so. Great stuff. So tell us, you know, I, I unfortunately haven't had a chance to visit with your dad as of late, but what's the latest status that you know about him? How's he, how's he doing and how fast, oh, my, how soon are you going to be able to see him? Well, my sister just had talked to him or talked to his doctor. Um, he had called here about an hour ago and, uh, he's a neurologist and, and it actually sounded quite favorable. Um, they went over C, um, the CT scans, EEGs, things of that sort. And they think mentally he is, 
really stable. Um, it's just a matter of uh, he thinks that the majority of the issues that are causing the you know the unconscious state, if you will, are caused by um, his kidney failure. So that's what they're addressing, and he thinks. I, I guess from what he had told Shelby is that. He said, yeah, I plan on getting him out of here and I plan on getting getting him back to work if that's what he wants to do. So <laughs> that's by far the most positive news we've heard in a while. That is great, great news. Um, just know that you and your family are in our prayers. And for, for people out there watching that might be having the same challenges that you have been experiencing, um, what would you say to them? Um, don't give up. I mean, keep trying. You know, I mean, this is, this is, you know, I mean, I respect what is going on as far as the disease and everything like that but you know these hospitals did what they had to do in the short term to protect everybody but you know at that time we thought this was going to last you know a couple weeks or a month tops and now that we could possibly be looking at this for the next year year and a half i think everybody needs to adjust their policies to allow visitors especially in cases like this into the hospital because the patients really need that that is the big takeaway right there. You know, when, when you went to go see your dad, he showed some life. And so I think that's the takeaway. We need to find a way is, to find is. I mean, this balance. Just, just night and day difference. I mean, yeah. you know, to having somebody there, it just, it just, you know, turned on a light switch for him. And Chad, thanks so much for sharing your story. It looks like you thanks have a daughter so there in the background. So tell her we say hi and uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully we'll talk. Keep us abreast how your dad's doing, will you please? Will do. Will All right. do. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Have a great weekend. All Thanks right. Too. Earlier today in Roseau County, um, they had a reopen Minnesota rally. Bunch of freedom fighters were out there. So I want to say thank you to Pam for sending this quick video I want to share with you. You can do this if you want. It's at our povnow.tv website. You can go there and upload videos and pictures all you want. But here's what a local barber had to say from Roseau. It's time that Minnesota opens up, especially northern Minnesota. We are not the cities. We're here, and we have no virus here, and uh, we're, we're tired of it. I've got a lot of customers that keep calling every day, and uh, I'm tired of turning my customers away, but I'm not tired of turning the governor away. He's got a rock between his ears, and uh, I don't think he can hear him. <laughs>